welcome to the Thought Pot. I'm Mustafa and this is an initiative to make this world a better place, utilizing the power of thought and the power of talk. Hey guys, welcome to a very special episode of the Thought Pot. The episode is very special because we have a very special guest on the show today. I've been looking forward to this since the main motivation I have behind all the speaking that I do and all the podcasting that I do is a desire to make this world a better place. And I find that community community building is pivotal in doing that. Our special guest today is someone who wears many hats, but the hat that I admire the most is the one of being a community leader. And I'm hoping to learn and share some ideas on community building, how to help communities and whatnot, and how this helps makes our, make our world a better place. Especially in times like these when we are dealing with the coronavirus and its impact. He's my Sifu, which means a teacher, since he teaches me Wing Chun, which is a Chinese martial art. His life's journey is truly, truly inspiring in so many ways. And today I'm hoping to share some of that inspiration uh, with you guys, because in these unprecedented times, we need it the most. So my Sifu is an owner and the chief instructor at Oshawa Wing Chun in Martial Arts, which is an amazing martial arts school in the town of Whitby here in Ontario, Canada and has not only been a silver medalist in the International Wushu Championships, but has also got a series of achievements under his belt. One of them being a bunch of students who've won awards and medals in various national championships. And to me, more than anything else, he's an amazing human being, a mentor, a friend, and someone who built a community and turned it into a family, uh, which continues to grow and has helped everybody associated with it in many ways. So without further ado, Please welcome my Sifu, Mr. Sean Kreitz. Sifu, thank you very much for the honor. I can't claim to have uh, done justice with the introduction, so forgive me for any lacking. Uh, <laughs> but it's really good to have you. It's an honor. How have you been? Uh, good. Thanks for having me. I'm, uh, I'm probably blushing, to be honest. You think oh. it was minimal. I think it was great. <laughs> no, <laughs> I truly nice. feel like that. And, uh, you know, thank you for, you know, being the kind of guy that you are. You've always inspired me in so many ways and so many other people. I'm sure of that. And I'm sure that the audience would uh, find that out soon as well. So well, I'm, uh, I'm, you I'm know, honored by that. Thank it, you. Yep. You're most welcome. Uh, so I had a bunch of questions that I thought would be nice if I ask you those. Uh, and we'll go through those questions. And uh, it would be amazing to listen to your responses and your insights on that. So Sure. I, I believe, as I said, you know, you wear many hats, but one of the main things that you do and you're very blessed in a way that you um, do what you love, right? So I would keep the initial focus of the show there. Uh, sure. So if you can tell us a little bit about how you got started with Wing Chun, uh, what was your vision? And, and to be honest, like, where did you actually thought of having a Wing Chun school? Uh, can you please talk me through it? And especially if you can put some light on uh, you know, because now you are a community leader, you have a community that you run. Uh, but when did that come in, in that vision? Did you always think of being someone like that? Or did you incorporate that in your vision? Um, so please. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I mean, it's a long story, obviously, but I will uh, try and shorten it as much as I can. I mean, uh, I grew up quite a bit in poverty. So, you know, I didn't have a lot of opportunity presented to me. Um, I did a bunch of martial arts as a young kid, not because my parents put me in them, but, um, you know, I had won a contest for a year of karate. Um, I had a friend's father who owned a Taekwondo school and he let me train for free. 
Um, I had another friend when I was a little bit older who had a, a karate school and he let me train for free. Um, I had an uncle who did uh, boxing, so I got to do that for a while. Uh, kickboxing, Muay Thai, same thing. Um, you know, I, I dabbled in a lot of things for, you know, anywhere from a year to two years. Um, and then I just, you know, my life kind of went a little crooked and, you know, lots of arguing in the family, lots of, you know, negative stuff that we don't really need to get into. Um, right. However, uh, at 15 years old, my my mom had met a guy who after two weeks of of knowing each other, they decided to uh, tattoo each other's names on their body. And uh, after two months, he moved in and um, they basically wanted to get their own place. They didn't like having me around and they moved out on me. So I wasn't even 16 yet. Wow. And uh, at that time, I found my first apartment, which uh, I couldn't even stand up straight in the apartment. It was that small. Uh, my head always kind of hung to the side or else I'd drag on the roof. And I ended up having my cousin move in with me. And my cousin had a long history of you know, dealing with the police and stuff. So as much as I, I loved being around him and I looked up to him because he was my older cousin, at the same time, I knew it wasn't going to get me anywhere good. Uh, but the two of us had two friends who were training Wing Chun in Sudbury. And I, uh, to be honest, I didn't even know what it was. Uh, they brought me home a flyer that said, um, learn the original system Bruce Lee learned. And believe it or not, I still have this flyer. It was the very first flyer I ever saw. Oh, wow. I still, I still have it to this day. And um, so I, I went in with my cousin and... You know, my Sifu still makes fun of me for it today, but I walked in with, you know, my hat kind of angled on the front and one one pant leg rolled up and walked in there with, you know, my gangster limp and my shirt was way too big for me. And <laughs> he, 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 he kind of giggled, and but he right. didn't judge me. He didn't judge me at all, right? And, uh, you know, I remember during the class, I was standing there doing, you know, Silam Tao, which is our first form. Um, I didn't, I didn't really understand what I was doing but it was when he came up to me and he kind of spoke my language at the time he said what's the fastest way to hit somebody and uh, he's like don't tell don't tell me now I'll come back think about it so I kept doing my form and he walked around the room and and I was thinking about it and again I came from you know a, a boxing background kickboxing and and other arts like that so I was sitting there thinking I was like well it can't be the karate punch that you know, generates from your hip and punches straight out like that. I was thinking, okay, well, my fastest punch would be a hook punch. So right away I started thinking like, yeah, I'm so excited to tell him the answer, right? And I held it in for so long. And then he came back to me and he's like, so what's the answer? And I said, you know, the hardest, fastest hook punch I can possibly throw. And he just looked at me with the most plain, straight face you can imagine, the face that I still see today when he talks to me, right? And, uh, just no emotion on his face. He's like, no, man, straight line. And it was in that moment where I was like, yeah, it was, it was in that moment where I was like, wow, like fascinating. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just so simple. Right. And, and it right. was so incredibly simple. And I spent all this time trying to think of this complex answer with this complex, you know, thought process behind it, because I thought that I would impress him with my ability to explain everything so much. And it was right. in that moment when he gave me the most simple answer that made me step back. And I was about to say something and I, I, I just stopped myself because there was nothing to say. 
right? Well, was, that's kind of a life lesson too, right? Because a lot of times we are trying to impress people we meet, right? Big time. Maybe we we would do better if we didn't try that hard. <laughs> well, and and that's exactly it, and and that comes in so much of the teaching today. You know, like we are literally our own worst enemy because we complicate everything that we get involved with. You know, and and right. the majority of the time, the most simple answer will will lead us to a life of peace to be honest with you so right that's right that is fascinating to me and when was the time when you actually thought about you know this is going to be your thing you and you want to become a sifu you want to run a martial arts school um yeah. and all of that so um like from that time he was teaching at a YMCA and you know i i paid for my first month at the YMCA and he you know every, everything was normal um then i found out about private lessons and both my cousin and i were doing it together so um we did a couple private lessons at his house and anyways long story short it was about 4 or 5 months in when he saw the dedication from me and my cousin was still about partying and i wasn't so he saw the dedication in me and i was always there like i was just so into it and i fell in love with it because those oh my god moments happened almost every day and it just fascinated me and to be honest like i i had a stepfather but i i never knew my real father so he kind of filled that role for me as one a father to an older brother and three the most cool human i've ever seen in my life right um so from that point on i really dedicated to the class and when i told him because you know i wasn't doing good things to make my money i'll tell you and and when i when i told him that uh i really couldn't afford to go anymore he didn't want to lose me and it was that moment where he said hey you know like just don't worry about it just keep coming keep hanging out so i started oh, wow. i started being his assistant for a long time and there was i think there was six students who were above me when i started and we took our first trip to ottawa and again i was maybe 6 months in We took our first trip to Ottawa together to see his seafood do his grand opening of his school and I can't tell you the excitement I had inside of me to to meet this guy who taught my seafood because to me he was like a god right and right. on the on the trip there we kind of took turns sitting in the front and the other the other two guys that came with us um they wanted to sleep so they sat in the back and I moved up front and seafood looked over at me and he goes No what would you like to do with your life? And I said, you know, I said I think I'd actually love to teach martial arts. And he goes, okay, well what's your short and long-term goals? And I said, well, I guess my long-term goal is to be able to open a school one day. And he goes, uh-huh. well, what's your short what's your short-term goal? I said, I want to be your senior student. <laughs> and uh, and <laughs> right. within and within six months I was, I became the senior student of the school. Oh wow. He was letting me you know run classes all the time and i was so dedicated like i was literally doing 14 classes a week right like i was just, i lived this i got up in the morning i put the uniform on the, you know the kung fu kung fu outfit and i went to the mall with him like this I went to the movies we went everywhere and i was in this uniform all the time i was like you know, just following on his heels at all times learning from him and uh, as i got older I, i won't take too long with this but as i got older the idea of opening a school kind of changed for me because i thought financially it would work better for me to you know eventually buy a house that had a garage big enough that i could turn my garage into my studio and kill two birds with one stone by only paying one rent. one rent 
but the problem occurred to me when I went to buy a house and I realized that the amount of money I would have to be approved for to get a house big enough with a garage for what I needed. And then there's also, you know, residential commercial laws that you have to be mindful of. So that's correct. Uh, so when I did buy my first house, um, I was kind of forced because I already had students from the basement. So I was kind of forced to open a school. So I bought a 1200 square foot. So I rented a 1200 square foot unit in an industrial space and started. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you very much for uh, sharing that uh, story, sharing some personal stuff as well. And I think that is exactly what makes it so inspirational, right? That because a lot of us are in a tough spot in our lives at different points. Sometimes we are not even in a tough spot, right? But just relatively speaking, we look at our lives uh, or we look at our past life and we're like, you know, this is a really bad spot. I'm not going to get out of this. So thank you very much for sharing that because I think a lot of listeners could listen to this and hearing about all the kinds of challenges that you have. You had a financial challenge. You had a uh, family-related challenge. You had emotional challenges, right? Uh, You were... Mm -hmm like this lost kid, right? Who found himself, not just found himself, but became a motivation and inspiration for so many of us. Um, and I see you doing that all, every day. I walked into the gym and every time I, you know, see you speaking to you, to the kids, to the teenagers, you know, and everybody. So I believe a lot of that comes from your Sifu because he maybe didn't say it, uh, you know, directly to you, but you saw how he made you his family. So that's how I think that's how it comes in you that every time somebody walks into your club, uh, you give him, give him an opportunity to become your family, right? And uh, yeah, absolutely. everybody else's family. And, and that's what I, I think what I admired most. Uh, so j- just to touch, touch a little bit on my own story of meeting you, right? Because I went to a bunch of martial arts gym. I was kind of fascinated by Wing Chun, but I was like, where do I go, right? And I went to a lot of places and every every place, every teacher has something nice to offer. But the one thing that stood out about you and your Oshawa Vinchun uh, was that, you know, I saw that it was a family. It was not just a gym. It was not just a martial arts school. It was literally a family that you were running. And for sure, after the first and, class, I just wanted sorry. to be a part of it. Yeah. And that's super great. You know, like that's the feeling I definitely want. Like I said, because my Sifu gave me the opportunity, like I'll be honest, I paid for my first six months of training. And then technically, other than, you know, a few small situations, I I never really paid him again. And it wasn't because I, I didn't want to, it was because it just never became a thing. Right. And yeah, I mean, I, I try to, I try to, to give that to people as well. And I do a lot of, a lot of things for the community where, you know, jumpstart from Canadian tire, for example, you know, I match, I match what they give. So I I'll double what, what's brought in kind of thing. Um, you know, I have a massive contest that I can't talk too much about yet, but there's a massive contest coming with, uh, you know, four massive free memberships and other stuff for some people. So, um, awesome. Awesome. That's you know, great. it's it. The, the goal for me is that, you know, and and what my sifu made me realize is you know yes i get it the lights the lights have to be paid and you know the the building has to be covered by by fees but at the same time wing chun is not you know oshawa wing chun is not the building that we train in it's it's the family that we have so you know not everybody is going to be able to always afford it you know the time that they spend in the gym from start to finish is a very long time and people's lives change in that in that moment so 
you know, if my Sifu would have shut the door on me, then I wouldn't have this today. I wouldn't be here where I was. To be honest with you, there's a big chance I'd be in jail because of the lifestyle that I had. Right, right. And and that's exactly, again, as I said, you know, that is so inspiring. And, you know, I'm so very happy that our world is full of people like you and your Sifu, right? And, <laughs> and that's exactly why I think that seriously, a community, you know, does help keep a lot of people out of jail, right? And I'm sure, you know, you would have helped someone uh, in, in some way, maybe not keeping him out of jail, but keeping uh, keeping him out of trouble, or her sure. out of trouble a lot of times in different situations, right? Now, all of this is amazing right but you've spent like so many years now running the school uh teaching martial arts and one of the things that i really love about you honestly is that how you accept change you know how you uh basically adapt how you always are very creative you're not um very rigid in your mentality about anything right you see something makes more sense and you adapt and you you know kind of train us uh in that manner as well is there something that you wish you had known when you started out and that would have turned <laughs> things a little better? Um, absolutely. You know what? I think the the thing to answer for that and, and probably my biggest challenge as a Sifu, as an instructor, and I'm sure there's many other people who have the same issue is um, when I first started, I would have, I wish I would have known uh, how hard it would be to deal with somebody that you get close to um, somebody who's been with you for a long time when they leave the school. Um, and, and that's a really hard part. And, and it took me a long time. And even still today, there's times where, you know, I take it to heart and, you know, you kind of, not that you take it personal, but I guess in a way you do, right? Like it's just, it's hard because you want to see people succeed. You want to see people do well. It's extremely hard for me with the kids too, because kids need this. I, I you know, I don't, right sports are great i think sports are great for kids for you know team building and you know whatever maybe being a leader but here's the here's my view on that is that you put your kid in hockey or you put your kid in soccer for you know their whole life what the, what do they you know they get out of they get become a teenager and they start getting a job and they do whatever they don't make it to the nhl so what what do they take from that hockey as they live the rest of their life other than being a team player right there's right. there's not a there's not a ton of skill that that follows them for the rest of their life like this as where martial arts i mean there's so much stuff to do with martial arts so you know like from having a second job for the rest of your life looking good on resumes you know bosses know hey this guy's got a black belt he knows how to commit to something right so right. it's such great lifelong skills and and the whole self defense <laughs> side is just a small part of it so the hardest part for me is that i want people to succeed you know, I get people who come in, they pay and, you know, they rarely show up and whether they rarely show up because of their own personal reasons, you know, whether or not they're, it's just the idea is cool of doing it, whether they're busy, doesn't matter. A lot of times, not all of the times, but a lot of times when those people don't start seeing success, they blame the system and then they leave. But right. the ones that you get really close to and you know that they have to leave for whatever reason, you know, it's hard as a teacher to, to not look at it and say, listen, like if you wanted to find the time for it, you could. That is right. the hardest part for me because it's very easy to take things to heart. And there's many times when somebody leaves that I as a person have to answer with an okay 
and leave it right. for a little while. I have to leave it for a little while because I don't, and I've, and I've actually lost friends because of this, because of my reaction to them leaving. And, you know, it, in a way you wish that they could just step inside of you for a second, because even though I know that at times they don't want to leave or they have to leave on my side of things, it's like, I don't want them to go. And I hate to see that they're not going to be there anymore. And we always laugh and we always have fun. And it's hard not to take that side personal. So if I had to know one thing, it would have been to prepare myself for that and maybe right. see how things would have been different had I been able to just stay silent from the beginning and give myself time to um, almost adjust and, and snap myself out of the taking it personal side, right? Right, right. Thank you very much. No, I think you, you said a lot of good stuff there and uh you know some things are there that you can really never be prepared for and you take them as you go uh but one of the things that you said that really stood out to me in your answer is how you explained it uh and you said self-defense is just one part of it and and i'm sure a lot of people just cannot see it that way you know they they think of martial arts and it's all about self-defense or getting uh sure. you know more strong and uh, you know becoming the fighter they want to become Uh, right. But truly, it's really fascinating how you can take one thing that you do in your life and you how you can apply it to the different things. And you literally helped, I think, some people answer an interview question when when somebody asks, you know, tell me how committed you are. They can be like, you know, I've I've made, you know, I've gotten my gold sash or my black sash, and that mm -hmm. took you know so many years of commitment, so many days of commitment, so many days of exercise and whatnot. Uh, to get there and based on that I can say that I can commit to anything that I'm uh, you know I'm starting with you as a as a job or anything absolutely so that that's you know that's fascinating and I I feel that too you know um, unfortunately I haven't been uh, regular in the gym in the last couple months I'm hoping to uh, do that even more often these days it's it's a great opportunity that you're doing it online you know we're able to see your videos you know uh, still get in touch with you and mm -hmm. train some of it at, at home right so so that's that's really great and talking about all the training now the, the one of the things that we talk about are the principles of Wing Chun which is save time save motion and save energy and if you think about it really these principles are not just principles of Wing Chun if you you can take them, them and apply them to all your life all areas of life right uh, 100% a job, you know, be it a relationship matter, you know, you want to save time, you want to save motion and you want to save energy, right? And you want to put mm -hmm. it in the right place. Uh, so, so that's, so now that we are talking about it, would you, would you tell a little up to our audience about what Wing Chun really is and uh, what kind of martial art it is? How, it, how is it different from all these other martial arts that you um, trained and you still coach? So yeah. tell us a little about Wing Chun. Uh, yeah. Okay. I mean, uh, <clears throat> You know, it's definitely quite different from most of the other arts that we do or that you see um, right from the stance, right from the beginning where it stands a lot more square, um, you know, to begin. And, and that's a little bit of a misconception. It's not always square, but it starts a lot more square. And uh, we use both hands independent from each other, which is also quite different from a lot of other arts. Uh, what I mean by that is many, many arts uh, involve, you know, a block, a strike, or you know, a sequence of strikes in a row. And there's not a ton of arts that kind of combine everything together. 
you know, we, we at times can use both hands independent and a foot at the same time. So, you know, that makes it extremely fast. It makes it extremely surprising. If you're coming into the gym and you're looking to be the next UFC superstar, Wing Chun is not for you. Uh, do I think that it could benefit any other art on the planet? A hundred percent. It doesn't matter what art you do. If you find a good Wing Chun school um, and, and there's emphasis on good Wing Chun school. Okay, because uh, right. I know one of I know one of your questions will will dig into a, that a little bit deeper. But um, there's you know you have to find a good Wing Chun school, and when you find that good Wing Chun school, listen this this art like you said about you know the um, sorry the uh, the principles and stuff um, you know all of them the attributes the principles the theories they can all be related to life. You know, Wing Chun is about finding the most direct route to the center and being faster than everyone else and being faster because you're taking that direct route. It doesn't matter what you're doing in life. Again, we talked about people complicating things. That's because people find their goal and they zigzag to that goal, right? So when you, when you right. take a step back and you pick your goal and you say, listen, what is the most direct route for me to get to that goal from here to there? You know, all of those all of those theories, principles, and attributes all come into play. You know, even with the attributes, like you can look at the attributes and say, okay, well, my balance, my timing, my coordination, my relaxation, my sensitivity, you need all those in life too. That's not just, not just martial arts. You know, when I, That's right. when I, when I said that this, that the fighting is the last, sure. Martial arts are based around fighting. Absolutely. And most people who come to a martial arts school in some way, shape or form want to know how to fight. That's obvious. But there are right. many people who come and socializing becomes the main thing. Um, family and friendship becomes the main thing. Um, the discipline becomes the main thing. The skills and the, the life skills that they get becomes the main thing. The reality is most people who take martial arts will never get in a fight in their life. Right? Right. But they that's still right. keep coming to, to make it to the end. You know, that, that's the goal. And I say end loosely, but, you know, to make it to that goal belt that they're looking for. So. That's right. Yeah, no, th thank you very much for um, explaining that. And uh, I'm sure other people would be out there who would be a little more interested after listening to this. And they should, obviously. It's a fascinating <laughs> martial art. You know, I've, I've loved it. And, you know, I've, I've loved it even more after doing it because I understand a little bit, not, not a lot at all. Obviously, I'm at a very um, initial level in my learning. And I hope to continue with for you know as long as i could and uh, at least reach the black sash um, um I'll, now, I'll say one more thing sorry i'll say one more thing just to add to that um, sure. you know the the beautiful part about wing chun is that you can take you can take both sides of the line of this so you can take wing chun and use it as you know almost like a tai chi style where you're using it as a meditative a meditative uh, space in your head you know you you can do your forms slow you can sit there i mean it teaches you everything there is to know about your your body and you know muscle versus structure body physics i mean it is an absolutely beautiful art and a beautiful way to understand your body like no other or you can take it to the more physical side and be a lot more aggressive with it and be the type of guy who likes to spar and likes to do, you know, whatever. So there is that beauty in the art. There's also the fact that it doesn't really matter how old you are. I mean, we have a guy who's almost 70 years old in class and, and he's awesome, right? So. Right. 
Sorry, awesome. Yeah, that's that's actually true. No, I was just uh, about to get into a little more detail about Wing Chun because just like you said, a good school is really important, right? Um, yeah. So I'm sure by that, uh, that there are schools that are not good, that do not fall in the good school category. And because of that, yes. I'm sure there's a lot of myths going around about Wing Chun. So can Tons. you talk about at least one or two major myths that you would like to debunk and then debunk it for us? Yeah, sure. No problem. Uh, you know what? I don't even know if debunking it is is the right choice of words. I mean, if you look up Wing Chun online, uh, especially anybody who's looked up any type of martial arts, there's a, a term, a terminology online that starts with, uh, you know, bull. And then there's right. a couple letters in between and it says Edo, right? Um, right. And, and and this this term comes up a lot when you look it up online. And at first, I'll be honest, man, like it, it killed me. It bugged me because, yeah, I spent a lot of time in my life learning this. Um, now, right. I'm, I'm lucky because I come from an absolutely fantastic lineage of Wing Chun. And, and I, I, I really blame that reason on the fact that, one, you know, the majority of Wing Chun that you see today stems from Ip Man, even though there's quite a few lines above Ip Man. There's a, there's a big majority of, um, of this system that comes from Ip Man. Now... Let me tell you, when I look at my Sifu when he first started teaching versus my Sifu today, if I had spent the same amount of years that I took to train learning from my Sifu starting how he is today versus learning from my Sifu when he started day one, okay, my Sifu, right. my Sifu made a lot of mistakes and he knows it. And, you know, he had a lot of learning himself to do. He was a new teacher. So I spent a lot of years training things that at the time I really believed in and I didn't realize how much, you know, even like what you see online, I didn't realize how much um, I was kind of, um, I don't want to say duped because it's the wrong choice of words. I was misled in a way. Um, right. and, and, and this is the problem where a lot of Wing Chun is because especially when you get into the really traditional style. So as I was saying from Ip Man, when Ip Man was teaching the other major lineage that we have, which again, I'm not going to mention names because it doesn't matter, right? The other major lineage that we have, um, their teacher learned from Ip Man at the early stages of Ip Man's Wing Chun. Now they are the right. larger, they are the larger lineage because of that. They're a very big lineage, but they are also very traditional. And the problem is, is that with that traditional style, over the years, you get teachers who argue or students who argue with their teachers, they leave. And what happens? Well, they spent this much time training, so now they want to teach. Okay, so they, they name themselves a teacher now and they start teaching. Or you get guys who just didn't really pay enough attention, but they were there long enough. Okay, well, they get teacher degree too, right? And then you have all these different different possibilities of people as to when they become teachers and why they become teachers now there's another saying that i i can't really say here but you know we'll we'll change it up and say round things roll downhill and, and what i mean by that is that when you have a teacher who doesn't understand and he's right. teaching students how can you make somebody understand something that you don't understand so what happens is the system becomes more and more watered down. People add more and more of their own stuff into the system. And the next thing you know, you have this Wing Chun system that doesn't even look like Wing Chun. Now, we're lucky because Moyat, who was the top of our line under Ip Man, um, was one of the last Sifus under Ip Man. So the knowledge was oh, okay. the, best, the best of what Ip Man had. 
And then under right. him was was Sonny Tang, who's in Toronto, who is an absolute genius. Moyat Moyat never changed a thing in the system. He kept it exactly the way it was that it man taught him. Sonny Tang right. made made some changes, but Sonny Tang was also a scrapper, as where Moyat was not. Right. So Sonny right. Tang had had that experience in him. So he made some changes in in the system, and now our system is Sonny Tang martial arts. Right. But then under Sonny Tang is Walter, who I'll be honest, is one of the most genius humans I've ever met in my life when it comes to body physics. This guy was a grade one school teacher, and man, is he ever smart! Right. So the stuff that comes from him really got rid of a lot of the traditional stuff that didn't work, like leaning back and you know a few other things. So the system got really good from him, and his students are fantastic. And then under him is my Sifu, who again is known for his you know、uh, his base, his his. Uh, balance. My Sifu's Chinese name is after his balance. So I have really great people above me. And then when it got to me,、um, you know, I trained a long time with those impressions that, you know, Wing Chun was really great. And it wasn't until I started doing more of the kickboxing that I had to take a step back and question a lot of the things that I was doing. So,、um, you know, the the problem or this thing that that. People say about Wing Chun is that it's crap and it doesn't work. And listen, I agree, most of it doesn't work. But I'll be honest, and and here's why, right?、Um, Wing Chun trains very; it has fantastic drills, it has fantastic exercises, but it often trains against other people who do Wing Chun, and that's a big problem.、Um, right. One, there's there's not often sparring, so you get people who come out of Wing Chun. Who've never been punched in the face before, and that's an issue. That's a super issue on its own. Okay, because when you get hit in the face and you're not used to it, panic will immediately set in. Okay, it doesn't matter if you can take the shot or not. You're gonna have some form of panic that will block, and your hands are not gonna react the way they are. There's a a saying in, that we have that says everybody has a plan until you get punched in the face, right? So right. <laughs> it doesn't matter how great you are. <laughs> doesn't matter how great yeah, you are. Yeah, that's pads. that's funny. Yeah, it's, it's true, right? It doesn't matter、But、how true, great you、yes. are. You can be fantastic at hitting pads. You can be fantastic at drills. It doesn't matter if you don't put it into play. You are not going to be fantastic in the street. Now, is Wing Chun made for getting in the octagon and fighting guys who are conditioned athletes who get hit every day? No, absolutely not. But is it made for you to be walking in the street, you know, with your friends or your or your family or or whatever, and somebody decides to pick a fight with you and you hit them nine times in a second, and the guy hits the ground before he knows what happened? Yeah, absolutely. That's it's made to to save your life when it's needed, right? So, right. That that is a big problem. The no sparring. The other problem、right. is training against Wing Chun. If you do not teach your students how to punch properly, like boxing, in your Wing Chun school, I believe that you are going to have some form of issue when you get in the street. Because if I tell a student who's never done boxing and comes in and trains Wing Chun from the start, and I say throw a hook punch, he'll throw a hook punch. It'll be very wide, okay?、Right. And because he trains Wing Chun, that hook punch, I guarantee you, is going to have its elbow kind of facing downward. And when that elbow is facing downward, like most Wing Chun people do, even on a hook punch, you're going to get a form of stick that you will not get in the street or when somebody punches a hook for real, because. It just doesn't come that way. The physics don't work that way. So again, you're going to be searching for the stick that you get in class all the time, and then here comes the hook punch and sails clean over your your block or your movement, and you get hit. 
And what happens when you don't spar a lot? Well, we already talked about that, right? So the panic sets right. in. And now your arms are starting to flail because the idea of Wing Chun is to make contact. So now you're trying to make contact while panicking, while flailing. And then guess what happens? You get hit. And then it looks like the art doesn't do its job. But people have to remember the people that you see online that don't spar and only train against Wing Chun, these people are not the Wing Chun system. They are somebody who trained a version of the Wing Chun system, right? Nobody right. is the voice of that system. So right now and for the last long while, my Sifu and you know myself and a few others have really kind of taken the system and warped it so that it'll be beneficial in the street because that's what's important to me. I don't care so much about tournaments. Yeah, great. Our guys did fantastic in tournaments, international, national level. Yes, we win stuff. Fantastic, right? But what I care about is that if my student's out in the street and he gets jumped, that he can come back and tell me about it the next day because that's the most important part. And I hate to tell you, but even people who don't fight whatsoever, if they get in a fight in the street, what do they replicate? They replicate what they see on TV, which is the form of what looks like, it looks like boxing, right? Yeah. Everybody puts their two hands up right from birth when you're taught, you know, you get right. old enough and your dad grabs you and he tells you how to put your two hands up. This is what people do. So if you don't train to prepare for that, then you're going to be surprised. That's why in our school, we teach all of our Wing Chun students how to punch and kick and knee and elbow like kickboxers now. Why? Because it's important to learn how to deal with that. That's right. Yeah. And thank you very much. So, yeah, if for the audience as well, and if somebody's uh, trying to get into martial arts or Wing Chun specifically, Oshawa Wing Chun is the place to be. Uh, don't take my word for it. Come for a week of free classes when hopefully uh, the coronavirus thing is over and, and you would know what I'm talking about. You would you would be just amazed by um see for himself by the family that he runs and by the amazing uh you know martial art that Wing Chun is uh you would it's something really that you you would have to experience because I still remember my first class where you um explained how by you using the right body mechanics how using the principles of physics uh you know I can really uh, you know, hold a lot of power in my in my wrist without actually exerting much force, without actually, uh, you know, uh, running out of stamina or anything like that. So yeah, it is, it is fascinating yeah. <laughs> in in many ways. Amazing. Uh, thank you, Sifu, for that. Um, yeah, no uh, here's here's an interesting question that I I do ask a lot of people that I talk to. We all, as human beings, we fail at times at different things. Is is there something that you failed at, and and how do you look at it? Oh, man. Uh, I fail every day, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll be honest, right? I mean, you know, there, there's a, another really neat saying that says uh, a master has failed more times than a student has even tried, right? Wow. Um, yes. And, yeah, and, and it's powerful when you think about it. I mean, yeah, I fail at things every day. You know, I, I, I often fail at being who I want to be, you know, um, you know, I, I strive and I'm sure everybody wants to be a specific type of person. You know, there's there's so many times, like I'm, I met the most amazing, most amazing woman now, your Simo. And, you know, there's so many times that she has made me take a step back at things that I get angry about, things that I, you know, that I get bothered by from driving to seeing to picking at to whatever. And, you know, it's not that I try to be that kind of person, but a lot of times you don't realize how you are 
and uh, you know she's she's very good at pointing those things out to me you know she's a yoga instructor a reiki master she's she's very centered she's very centered in in herself right and she and definitely she, is yes yeah and she reads a lot of books on you know human philosophy and and just so many different things like she's just so incredible and she she makes me realize so often that these things that i get angry with these things that i get irritated about are things in me and they really have nothing to do with the other person right she makes me realize a lot of times that you know the things that i blame on on my childhood and and so many of us do it right oh i don't like this well that's because when i was a kid my you know my parents did this to me or i did that to yeah and, because and it's easy to blame right it's absolutely it's easy to blame someone else a hundred percent and you know i'm i'm often guilty of that and she'll often sit me down and say well but but that's not happening anymore right like you don't need to let that bother you because that's not your life now. And there's times where like she'll she'll correct me so bad but good on something that I'll get angry in that moment and I'll I'll want to answer her and then all of a sudden I'll just stop for a second and I'll I'll bite my tongue and be like damn it she's right again, you know? <laughs> like why does she always got to be right about this? Um but it doesn't like listen, I I I have no problems apologizing i have no problems admitting when i'm when i'm wrong about something um you know i really try not to argue any points unless i know for sure that i'm that i'm right um because listen like yeah i i fail at a lot of things and failing at being who i want to be is and and when i say that like be who i want to be as a personality wise like as a as a human being right as a so human being, right yeah 100% so i would say that yeah i i do fail i fail a lot that that was inspiring uh honestly because i i think one of the things that you did in answering that is one you you were full of courage to open up it takes a lot of courage to open up like that and two you made it uh look like not a big deal to fail right and which is which is true right if we look at things uh we do fail at a lot of things in you know in everyday life or you know at work and this and that and you know if you start looking at failures like that life would mm-hmm. get a lot better because i think uh you know a lot of us take failures as something so big that knocks us down right and mentally then we tell ourselves that oh i failed you know i'm not good enough so i should just basically stop and maybe smoke pot right <laughs> kind of thing yeah uh, yeah absolutely I, there's sorry go ahead yeah but i was saying that looking at your answer now i've learned myself to somewhat from my experiences and and it completely resonates that if you look at a failure and you say that you know sure that was just failure and it's it's a part of life life is a bunch of ups and a bunch of downs every day every month every year you know and so on and so forth and and if you look at it like that you suddenly take control um you know and you talk from a position of power as opposed to being in a position of weakness or uh in a position where you're just finding uh, someone or something to blame your failure at and and sure. then you just you know get through it you know eventually you succeed yeah let me ask you a question now what happens if uh now what happens if you you try to do something and you succeed first time no problem okay and then you leave that you leave that situation and then right. that situation doesn't happen again for a really long time okay and then right. all of a sudden it, it comes up to you again 
And that same situation, but a little bit different, different variables happens to you again. But things changed a little bit. Now, you only tried this solution, if you will, one time, right? right. So are you guaranteed to... Are you guaranteed to do your best that next time that it comes up a few years later? No, you're, you're no. still taking just as much of a chance as you did that first time. But what happens, if you, what happens if you failed at that object? What happens is you have to now sit down and what? You have to think about it, right? All right. You have to think about that. And you have to find, find out what you did wrong. You have to find out what dynamic needs to change to make that happen. That learning process sticks with you a lot longer than that happy success did you know Um, when the fighters fight and they lose a fight and they get really down on themselves you know you have to let them know there is more to learn in a loss than there is in a win right like you you have something to go back to you have something to take back to the drawing board and figure out what went wrong and make it better and then not only that it's yours Right. It's like if you come in class and you say, Sifu, why do I do this? And I say, well, here's why. Bang. And I just hand you the answer when you walk away. Right. When you walk away, if I give you 10 answers like that, you ask me 10 questions, I give you 10 answers. You're going to leave remembering one. But if you ask me, if you ask me 10 questions and we and I don't answer them, I ask you questions, which in turn turns to conversation, which then forces you to come up with the answer to your own question. And I just pinball you back to that center. Then you leave with way more knowledge than what you had succeeding in everything, right? So there is fantastic learning possibilities in failure. And people need to understand that, you know, don't, don't be upset about the failure, embrace it, learn from it and move on. Yeah, just when just when you were speaking, it came to my mind that you know you should look at it like the number of failures is just the number of ways you know how to deal with a certain problem. <laughs> Absolutely, right. So that's that's amazing. Um, so yeah, you were talking about some of the personal stuff in, as well, and then you were like, uh, you touched on a few topics or, or a few instances where you get upset with people and whatnot. What is one thing that people seem to misunderstand about you? That that you think it's not really you, but people perceive you in that way? Hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a tough one. Um, you know, I think for a lot of people, um, you know, you, you got to remember one, like I speak, I speak in a large gym quite often. So, you know, and I've been teaching for a very long time because if you think about it, like I said, by six months, I was already running classes for my seafood. So, right. I have been speaking to large crowds of people for a very long time. And on top of that, I was a DJ for 25 years too, playing large clubs and stuff too. So, you know, not that DJing is going to, you know, add to this other than the fact that I often stood in very loud rooms trying to talk to people who needed to try to hear me. So all my life, I've kind of, I've spoke very loud, right? So I learned how to speak from my belly for a long time. And I'm also right. very, I'm also very passionate about the things that I do. So, you know, when, when I talk to people and I get passionate about a topic or I get passionate about a situation, my voice carries, my voice is very loud. And often people think that I'm angry um, <laughs> or, or grouchy. And, you know, that, that doesn't I've never felt me. it that way though. I <laughs> just, no, it happens more in my home life than it does in right. a club. Um, right. You know, I, I, 
that's kind of a tough one for misunderstandings. I mean, I think I'm a pretty, uh, I'm a pretty open book to be honest with you. I don't hide a lot. Um, if I'm upset with you, I'll tell you, you know, I don't, Correct. Yes, I don't, I've I don't, noticed that. yeah, I don't play the type of games where I keep it inside and listen, I, I've lost a lot of friendships over people who don't do the same thing. And, you know, like I've known when people have been upset with me or angry with me and, even if it's not me angry and I know you're upset with me, you can guarantee I'm going to come up to you and, and sit you down and say, listen, man, like I know something's up, like just tell me. And I've had friends who, even though something is there and they won't tell me, and I've heard from their friends that there's something there, but they still won't tell me and they, they just play it off. You know, it's killed friendships. And right. to me, to me, you cannot fix a problem that you don't know about. You know, you cannot. That's right. You cannot fix something that somebody doesn't on, be honest with you with. You know, otherwise you're chasing the wrong dream. You're chasing the wrong, the wrong repair. It's like my toilet Correct. being broken and I come in and fix the sink. You know, it, <laughs> right. Right. it doesn't make any sense, right? So That is correct. So, you know, for me, like, there's, it's hard for me to find something that I think is... is viewed different differently like that from my students just because like i said i'm i'm honest with everybody in my life and you know you you definitely know what i'm feeling at all times because i'll tell you um right. but you know the loud voice is is to give you an answer for that question so that's that's definitely <laughs> something i you know I'll, right. I'll be talking with with your simo a lot of times too and and She's like, why are you yelling? And I'm like, I'm not yelling. <laughs> right, I'm just passionate you know, about it. Right? Yeah, she knows yeah, me yeah. now, so she knows that she'll just say you're passionate talking again. And <laughs> right, yeah. No, thank you for that answer. Um, yeah. so because you were talking about Simo, uh, and you know, in general, it, 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 it's maybe the right time to ask this question. What's the best compliment you've ever received? Oh man, um, thank you. <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> No, and it's funny, I'll say that, like, I've been very, very lucky in my life, even though I had a really rough, like, very rough first half of my life. Once I met my Sifu, um, and even a little bit before that, um, my life really changed. Um, and I've been lucky in a way that I've always been in the type of role, right, from when I was 16 years old. I've always been in the type of role where... Um, people have looked up to me in some way, shape or form, because I mentioned the DJing too, right? Like, correct. You no, know, I, I, I played quite a bit. I played all over, well, all over Ontario and I played a few other cities wow. in Canada as well. Um, but I played for 20, 20 plus years. So, you know, wow. I played some outdoor parties that had 15,000 people. I played indoor parties that had 7,000 people, you know, like lots of big, big parties. So, you know, I threw my own my own events in Sudbury um, for years and years. We didn't even put flyers out. We'd get 600 people at these parties. Um, wow, that's super cool. And I would constantly, constantly, constantly get people who thanked me for the parties, thanked me for the friends they met, thanked me for the music, thanked me, thanked me, thanked me. So I got that a lot. And now as a Sifu, I mean, I get the same thing because, you know, there's there's the etiquette and the respect level that comes with that, you know, like my Sifu, for example, will, will never carry something when I'm around because it's my job as his student to carry it for him. Right. Correct. And don't get, don't get me wrong. I'll always ask. And most of the time he'll be like, ah, no, don't worry about it. Right. But, um, you know, 
as etiquette, you're always supposed to ask, you know, um, right, right, right down to the dinners that I never let his teacup get empty. There's so many things like my Sifu will never sweep in front of me. He'll never paint in front of me. He'll never do any type of job like that without me helping or offering to do it for him because that's just the etiquette. So now I'm the Sifu and I have people doing that to me. So that's not the compliment. Listen, I appreciate that they come and ask and, you know, in a sense, that's their job as a student to come and ask, but that like, that's fantastic. That's super great of them. That's super nice, but thank you. Right. From, from somebody who has really meant it from somebody who has really had some kind of life changing moment or realization, or, you know, I get the parents a lot of times from the kids. That's, that's the biggest one, right? Because their kids they come in and they're having a hard time focusing they're having a hard time with bullying they're having a hard time with this or that you can see the excitement and the relief and the proud feeling on the parents face when they come to you and they say thank you so much this has changed my kid this is this has changed my wow. you know my husband or my wife thank you is probably that compliment that it just trumps everything else you know like like, like compared to all the people who have, you know, tried to suck up for this reason or that reason because of my role, I don't, I don't care for that. Like, I don't listen, it's nice and all, but I don't need it. Right. So, right. I've, I've listened to a lot of responses to this question and truly this was the best ever. And I, I, would <laughs> I, I think from today onwards, this is how I feel as well. You know, if, if there's one compliment that I was uh, I would always look forward to getting is a meaningful thank you. So, a meaningful thank you. thank you, yeah. So my next question to you basically is, uh, because you talk so much about you know helping people in so many ways, and I already truly believe that you are making this world a better place by helping the individuals, the communities, and whatnot. But to just put it in a nutshell, what is exactly your best tip for making this world a better place? Somebody comes to you, they're, they're like, you know, I want to learn how to make this world a better place. What What is that one tip that you would give them? Um, you know, I think, I think a tip for that would be be aware and mindful of the people around you. Um, you know, this, this crisis going on is the perfect example of that. You know, I, I had another example, but... You know, like the first thing that happened was people went out and what, like hoarded stuff, whether it was to sell it and make a buck off people that, you know, couldn't have it or whether it was just to be greedy and keep it for themselves. And, you know, maybe somebody, maybe who's somebody who's even listening to this might have done that same thing. And, and a lot of times it might just be out of instant panic or fear, you know, but the truth is, is that you know, we all have to get through it and we're bigger as a team, right? So the example I was going to give is, um, you know, I, anytime I go anywhere, I'll use the grocery store as an example, like anytime I go anywhere, anywhere at all, I am 100% mindful of everybody around me. I'm aware of everybody around me. And I'm sure some of that has to do with, you know, the years and years of training. Like I'm just very, I'm very great with spatial awareness and there will never be a single time that I'm standing in an aisle or standing somewhere and somebody has to say, excuse me to get by. I know you're coming and I will step out of the way for you. Right. Um, and, and I cool. notice not just 
people that I don't know, but even the people that I do know, how often I have to look at them and say, hey, watch out. You know, hey, watch out for a sec. Somebody's trying to come by, right? And there are so many people who are just not aware of the people around them. And if you want to make this place a better world, people have to be respectful of everyone else and people have to be aware and mindful of everyone else around them. And by making the community grow, we all grow as one, right? So, you know, that, that to me is, uh, is something that I think a lot of people lack. You know, when I went to, when I went to China, it was, it was so interesting. And, you know, again, they're, they're used to this lifestyle, so I'm not judging them on this lifestyle, but it was a real wake up call for me and, and how people are. And I'll tell you, like, there wasn't a single line that I stood in in China, like a line up to wait for a cashier, a line up to wait for the hotel receptionist, like not a single lineup where I waited right. in line that worked like a lineup here. People don't take their time. They don't take their turns. You could be standing there waiting for 20 minutes for the cashier and it's just about your turn and in comes somebody else who just came in the building and he just goes immediately to the cashier, cuts you off and now you're waiting another 20 minutes, right? And right. Yeah, like I get that that doesn't happen here quite as much, but you see it in other forms, right? You, yes. Yeah, you, but you see it in other forms. You see it in ways where people, um, you know, they allow greed to get the better of them. They allow self-preservation to get the better of them. And, you know, I, I think of the older people who, and, and I'm super grateful, you know, some of the grocery stores have decided to open up their hours for, for the elderly you know, in the morning so that they can get in there first. Um, you know, I, I think I think that is a way that would really change this world would be if everybody was considerate to the people around them. Right. And, and thank you again. As I said, you know, one of the things that I love about you and probably some of it comes from your Wing Chun background that you simplify things so much, right? Like, I don't think I've ever heard of something as simple as this to achieve something at seriously to achieve something as big as making this world a better place you know yeah just think of the mindful it and would aware. Have. exactly yeah. and 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 that's true like just just now that i'm you know listening to you and it it makes total total sense and i really hope that our listeners could take it you know and implement some of it in their in their lives um, me too and, and and it's true that you know if we are driven by fear then you know a lot of bad stuff starts happening right for and, sure uh, uh we should all try to avoid that as much as we absolutely can. and and it's normal listen like i'm not saying it's bad to be scared i'm just saying that you know in those moments when you're scared and it's and again look we we can relate this to the fight scenario right in that moment when you're scared so whether or not a situation happens like this virus and you get scared you cannot react immediately if you just get scared and you react, guess what happens? Nothing good, I'll tell you that, right? You're you right. get in a fight. You get in a fight and somebody decides that they want to, you know, pick a fight with you. They want to scare you and you get scared and react right away. Um, and I don't just mean react right away like hit. I mean, you know, react right like There's a lot of different reactions people can have. It's, it's panic, right? And when you panic, you don't have control. As where if you took the time to take a step back and say, whoa, I know I'm scared, right? But let that voice come through in your head for a few minutes and let it at least have a discussion with you <laughs> about right. what, the, what the best option is, 
right? Because the best option is not always necessarily to just hit. Here's that example, or or necessarily to go out and panic buy, right? The fight scenario. Right. Listen, there are many people who, and and I'm sure you've seen this or heard of it, and I'm sure most of your listeners have seen it at one point in time. There are many people who do things for attention. So if we go back to that fight scenario, you go to a bar, you go to a, you know, some kind of pub, you go you go out somewhere. You know, especially when you're younger, how many times have you seen a guy go and and bully another guy because he's got his three buddies behind him? And let's be honest, there's always a girl around because they need to impress. That's right. Him, right? Yes. right? Yes. So, yeah, right? They they need to be big and bad and tough. And a lot of right. times those guys don't really fully have the intention of hitting that person, right? They don't have that. Right. The, the, their, their goal or ambition and all of that is to look like the bigger man, look like the tough guy and make somebody feel tiny, right? To be Correct. able to walk away so the girls are looking at him or his buddy's looking at him going, man, you're so cool, right? Like, you're so bad. Right. And, and again, so if you let that panic set in first and that fear and you say okay fine bang and you just go and you throw a punch and then next thing you know you got four guys jumping on you and maybe because you take martial arts you're like oh i can take four guys i'll tell you you're probably not going to take four guys right? right so so again that's panic that's react that's not thinking but maybe in that moment you decided to you know consider your surroundings consider where you are you know maybe keep your hands up in front of you maybe put yourself somewhere where you're not going to get jumped from behind you know you get your you know somewhere like somewhere safe behind you a table behind you or a wall behind you you know you make sure you know where those exits are and then you you use words obviously or or my advice is don't use any words just stay silent let it happen right um right. until until that moment that you need to once once you need to react if you're aware of the situation your reaction is going to be a lot better than if you're just panicked right so correct yes and and that's true we can simply apply this in any area of our of our life and Absolutely. expect at least better outcome right if not the right. best right so uh, a fun question if you could yep. have dinner with any three people be it dead people or alive who would it be and why wow um <laughs> okay um well jackie chan for sure would be there um, okay and yeah, uh, he's, why he's, because he's a martial artist or because he makes you laugh or why Uh well definitely the laugh thing to be honest with you I could have met him when I was younger cuz he came to our Toronto school when he was filming uh, Black Tuxedo in Toronto. Um, oh wow. And again I was throwing my own party in Sudbury so I was DJing that same weekend so I couldn't be there. Um so I mm-hmm. missed out on that opportunity but he's always really been my idol not uh, I mean he's he's funny yeah he's great but you know he's also one of one of the top kung fu masters on the planet this guy's a master of like you know 10 15 different arts he's been in well over 200 movies he's he's just incredible he does so much good for people like he's just he's an incredible human being he looks like he's a lot of fun and and i think he'd be really really neat to meet um a second one hmm uh wow that's a I don't know. I didn't think this one through enough. You know what? I'll I'll <laughs> my stepdad would definitely be one. My stepdad um you know when when he was younger, he he was he's actually he was allergic to alcohol. 
So he was allergic mm-hmm. to the yeast, to the yeast inside the alcohol. So when he would drink, he would get really, really bad anger problems. And uh, right. even when he wasn't drinking, he was still affected by the anger, right? Because it was still in him and he had drank the night before, whatever. So uh, he was he was physically, mentally abusive. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I got hit by him quite a few times and whatnot. But as we got older, um, even though I had some other types of issues with my mom um him and my mom would fight a lot when i was sorry when i was still younger but when i as i got older um where my mom wasn't the same with the verbal and mental and sorry the verbal and physical abuse my mom was the same in a sense with the lack of caring so more of an of a mental abuse side because you know for uh, or for her we were just a paycheck Right. So right. she really she really didn't have intentions of having myself or my brother, but money was good back then. And, uh, you know, my stepdad, even though he had his issues, he always made sure that that he took care of me in some way, shape or form. So, you know, if they took me out shoe shopping and I was really upset by the choice of shoes they were going to buy and there was one pair that I really wanted, he would always go back against my mom's word and spend whatever money he had to get me those shoes and come back and mm-hmm. surprise surprise me with them right and and it's not like we had a lot of money at the time so i knew that him spending that money was often all he had so we kind of grew a lot more close as time got older and then he ended up getting celiac disease and you know he passed away uh two years ago now so that's I'm okay sorry. Um, so I think that would definitely be one as well. Um, and third one, hmm. I don't know. Can we stick with two? I don't, <laughs> I don't think I sure, can, yeah, we can, we can do two. I, I, you know I'm, I'm sure that was an amazing answer. So that was great. And, and, and thank you for sharing the story about your dad, because, you know, the, the most beautiful part for me in that is that you should learn how to look at people and not define them that with only one kind of actions that they do or, or only one kind of, you know, one, one side of their personality. You should, uh, you should be aware of them. You should right. look at them as, you know, okay, this is one bad side, but then again, this guy has like two good sides as well, right? And should right. be able to appreciate that, yeah, right? It, it doesn't mean that you um, kind of condone the, the bad sides, but you at least... Yep can separate them from the good sides and, and still be able to appreciate the good sides because, because in, in one way or the other, we are, we all are like that, right? I, I don't mean that we are all abusive, but what do we mean? We all have some, some side that is not the best, that that's not the greatest of our, our personalities. Right. And right. we all expect others to kind of overlook those uh, not so good sides and appreciate us for, for the good that we do. So, so that was, that was beautiful. Um, yeah, you know what I I think the key word in that is uh is is really being able to forgive, right? I mean, correct. yeah, obviously yes, obviously I'll never forget. Obviously I'll never forget. You know, I've been through a lot of traumatic things as a child. Um, you know, a lot and there's so much that I haven't even mentioned, but it doesn't matter what I've been through, like like my my wife says now, like that's not my life now, you know. People right people don't toss me around anymore. Right. <laughs> you right. know, and, yes, and, yes. and maybe that's a reason why 
you know, I had so much interest in martial arts because maybe deep down inside, I didn't want to be thrown around anymore. You know, I was bullied as a kid right up till grade 10. I was the shortest kid in school all the time. So, you know, like maybe I, I couldn't, I couldn't tell that you're pretty yeah, tall. Actually, I'm tall now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah but, uh, but you know that maybe there's that side, like, you know, I didn't want to be somebody that could be pushed around anymore and you know i'm a, I'm a pretty strong personality now and if i don't want to do something i'm just going to tell you i don't want to do it you know um so maybe maybe that was part of my growth right so i think i think forgiveness so forgiveness is the real key in in that in that whole situation you have to be you have to be willing to forgive you know time heals obviously but you know just think about whether or not you know, you really want to go on not forgiving somebody. Now, I'm, I'm going to say for sure, forgiving somebody doesn't mean that you have to necessarily let them back into your life, right? And and this situation for me is not the same, but I just want to touch on that. Like, just because you forgive somebody doesn't mean that you necessarily have to let them back into your life. You can be done with that person. You can be done with the situations or the lifestyle that that person brings into your life. But holding on to a grudge and holding on to something that that brings your thoughts back to that all the time is just wasting your own time. Because those moments that you're sitting there focused, hyper-focused on something specific like being angry or being upset or being jealous or being bothered by what somebody is doing could be, you know, better spent on so many other things in life. So forgiveness, man. That's right. And I, I mean, it's it's a very beautiful idea but sometimes i also wonder for even myself right when you say that you should forgive mm-hmm. what is it exactly that you need to do to forgive right you somebody hurt you right either mentally physically verbally oh, your friend kind of backstabbed you right what do you what do you do to forgive <laughs> this this is going to blow your mind actually because again this came this came from my from my fiance right um forgiveness is a hundred percent in you it is 100% in you. You have to forgive yourself, right? Because this one took me a long time to wrap my head around. And when you think about it, so you have 100% control over your own emotion and your own feeling at all times, at all times, okay? Think about that for a second. Somebody in your life passes away and you are crying uncontrollably, okay? You are upset you are sad, you are angry, you are all kinds of emotions put in one. And this is a, this is a pretty hardcore example. So like this is at its worst, right? Like we could, we could dial it back a whole bunch. But in that moment that you are crying, do you or do you not have the ability to stop and mentally think, I want to stop crying right now? I don't know that, honestly. I, I am yeah, thinking about it, right? I think you listen, do, but I yeah, think you're absolutely. overwhelmed. Yeah, sure. You're overwhelmed. You're sad. You're upset. But that voice that's in your head, you could hear that head. You could hear that voice any time of the day, right? That voice is you. Let's like. It's not like you're hearing voices in your head and you're crazy. That voice is your conscience. That Correct. voice is that voice is you. You control that voice. Right. So my point is, you're crying. You're bawling your eyes out. Do you have the ability to let that voice in your head tell you in that moment stop crying? Absolutely you do because you control, you control that voice. Okay. So it's also your choice in that moment, whether or not you 
listen and stop crying. So my point is, even if you are crying and you are upset, if you 100% wanted to stop crying in that second, you could stop crying for a second. Wow. You can. I've, I've never I've never thought about it that way. Now now that you said it, you're right. You're not 100%. Because right. you're the speaker, you're also the listener, right? Right. So and now we're going to now we're going to take what I explained there and bring it back for a second, right? Okay. So, let's say you and I are doing something, okay? And I I do something to really upset you. Let's say I say something um about your family member or i say something you know about your your beautiful daughter and i really upset you right did i did i upset you you haven't said anything yet but no, yes, if, if but in, yes, in but that yes, situation in that situation you do right that's where you're wrong i didn't upset you you let yourself get upset by me okay right. think about that i have right. no control over you i have no power over you I have zero ability to control you. You allowed yourself to be upset by my comment. That has nothing to do with me. That's not my problem. That's not wow. my fault. Now, obviously, I don't want to be that kind of person and you don't want to be around that kind of person. So that's not that's not the point. But the point is is that you have all the control. And in my life, I have all of the control. And no matter what I say or do to you, has nothing to do with how you take it that is your own problem that is your own choice in that moment to let it bother you now you can argue that and say yeah but what you said really hurt me okay i get it but that's because you are choosing to let that hurt you if you didn't want that to hurt you you could you could turn it off you could put that little voice in your head and say listen that's not going to bother me now where that comes back to forgiveness is that you need to first figure out what is bothering you why it's bothering you and it really has nothing to do with anybody else it's bothering you because you're letting it bother you and maybe it has something to do with it's triggered something in your life way back when because every single little thing that bothers you today is represented by something that happened in your life before in some way shape or form it bothers you for a reason and often the things that bother you they bother you because they bother you about you right and this is where it gets really crazy and this is where she really twisted my head there's a lot of things that for example my kids do that bug me or my friends do that bug me and it often bugs me because it's something that i don't like in myself Okay like this right. is and it, and this gets really deep like this gets really crazy like as far as really ridiculous examples and I really tested my girlfriend with the most incredible insane scenarios and situations of different kind of people that you can just imagine and in some way shape or form there's something about my life that happened to me somewhere or some way shape or form that made me really despise that type of behavior in somebody else right so in order to forgive somebody you have to first get control of you you have to first take a step back and realize that you have all of the control in the world you have all of it nobody else has that power over you so for me to forgive somebody like my stepdad for what he did i just right. have to forgive him that's it that's all right again right. it's it's your choice in that moment whether or not you still situate yourself 
in that person's life, right? right? I can I can say, listen, I don't want to be around you because you're this kind of person, but I forgive you because I have no reason to be angry with you for something, right? Right? Because you don't I'm want to ang- spend your life. Uh, the rest of your life kind of, you know, just being bothered by what I did to you, right? Well, absolutely. Because it doesn't matter what you did to me. It's my choice whether or not I let it bother me. And if it bothers me that you did something, it's probably because I'm allowing it to bother me is what I'm saying, right? right. So you have that power in that moment to say, you know what? I'm not going to give you that power anymore. I'm not going to give you that satisfaction. And this goes from bullying, it goes from, you know, family situations, it can be anything. Right? right? I have the power in me to decide whether or not you affect me in one way or another. And the sooner people realize that and the sooner they get control over that, the easier it becomes to forgive everybody. Now, right. don't get me wrong. That is not an easy task, my friend. right and people Correct. spend people spend their whole lives trying to master this inner peace but right. when you when you can grasp that then forgiveness isn't even an issue right because there's never any anger in the first place there's nothing to forgive when Correct. you when you learn and realize that skill set you are a peaceful human being man <laughs> i i am just realizing that i could do a whole new podcast with you just on the topic. <laughs> no, that was fascinating. I think, you know, this is exactly what we need to uh, learn, right? People, uh, including us, you know, and people around us. I, I, if, if we can really get over our, um, you know, anger, if we can really get over our heart and we can really truly be forgiving uh, or get to a state where you said, you know, the forgiveness is not even needed any longer. Right. I, I really... don't think that there would be anything else in this world to be fixed right at, at that point we would have attained that you know the best scenario uh, kind of that that is that is internal harmony my friend right and that's inner peace just like the kung fu panda right the inner peace you that it. you're looking for right yeah. <laughs> and uh, so i so so the way i'm looking at it is in forgiving other people more than forgiving others you are basically freeing yourself from the prison of Uh, all these all this negativity right absolutely and yourself to do better things with your life and, and time and you have to be able to forgive yourself for being upset in the first place because that's another challenge right <laughs> right yeah it's, it's it's like i used to uh you know i i used to be angry about why i'm smoking right and i and and then i would smoke another cigarette because yeah <laughs> i smoke one right so it's a vicious cycle kind of so Absolutely. i i kind of get that part because i did quit smoking last year right and and that's the first thing that i uh kind of used as a tip right because i said that it can happen that down the road two months down the road you know i could smoke another cigarette but if that happens i'm going to treat it as one a uh, weak moment instead of you know sitting over it for the next 3 days of smoking and thinking why why did i smoke on a sunday absolutely kind of kind of thing. absolutely so so that was great uh again this this podcast honestly has been way more fascinating <laughs> much better than than what i initially thought about thank you very sure. much once again for being on the show it was truly truly an honor it was a learning experience and i hope that it you know everybody who listens to the show feels the same way uh once again thank you very much and uh, i wish you all the best i wish all of us all the best to get out of this uh corona situation and yeah, get back thanks. to our normal lives 
um for sure. so once again thanks yeah. for having me that was a, it was a really good time so more than welcome me. i'm i'm pretty sure that our vinchan community and you know other people would really love uh to listen you know and it's something that we need all these days because we're not going out or anything so we do need something uh to spend our time more positively with uh so absolutely you, uh, in that sense as well thank you very much have no a wonderful uh, night have a good weekend uh you know whatever that means with this corona situation thing <laughs> it's all a weekend now right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly it's all a weekend but yeah thank you very much once again thanks uh, for having me thank you take care so that's it for today you were listening to the thought pod please subscribe leave a review and share it with your families friends and networks tell me what you didn't like and what you disagree with as i like to say it let's share some thoughts instead of a pot catch you later goodbye